Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> I think it's the end of summer. Oh, could be. Yeah, it's like... Um, I think we're finally getting just a little hint of winter. All right, enough talking about the weather. This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of being... What other? Circle of friends, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I got friends. <laughs> the circle of friends. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. This is Ord, Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here to bring you news from all over the world. Why do we do that? Because we like the world. I yes. think so, right? I mean, <laughs> I like the world. Yeah. So I've lived here all my life. Um, I actually met two people in the community that missed me last week. So oh, yeah. I apologize. I was off doing um, a climate change presentation, super secret. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, cool. Um, well, I, if it's if it's a climate change presentation, I should say warm instead of cool. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> um, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't even say hot. Because the weather is going a little crazy. So, a little bit. This is your community spirit. We do archive our show, Tree Song does, at yourcommunityspirit.org. If you would like to contact us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Let's get into the org now. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, so. Uh, let's see. You want me to go first? Oh, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and go first. All right. Occupy updates daily. The U.S. federal government seems to have finally had enough of the fraudulent mortgage practices many banks have used over the past few years and have set their sights on Bank of America to start out with. They are suing the Bank of America for brazen, mor yeah. Yeah, brazen, brazen mor mortgage fraud. What? <laughs> Can you do that? I guess if you're the government, you can say, hey, I specifically mentioned a scheme called Hustle. That's in quotes, which was used to push many home loan applicants through the safeguards meant to protect them from fraud. <laughs> yeah, I think the government, well, why are they suing them? Why aren't they doing an actual lawsuit? Like, suing is not a criminal. That's a civil. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, it's apparently civil, it sounds like. You know. I yeah, mean, this sounds this well, to Well, maybe me. because they want to do a class action, I think. Yeah, it might be because of the class action. They might want to get call money. call Paul back in here to teach us some about the law. Yeah, so. Paul could teach us about the law. Yeah, it might be because they want to get money back for these uh, homeowners or keep them from getting kicked out of their homes. Yeah. And it's uh, it always amazes me when you hear about these internal do uh, documents. Like, they, they call it the scheme hustle. <laughs> like... Which has the dual meaning of, like, let's hurry these things through and also let's play a trick on the people that we're giving these mortgages to. Yeah, I mean, the mortgage processors were actually encouraged to falsify numbers if a loan brought up red flags. And bonuses were actually awarded based on how many loans were given out. Yeah, so. and I've heard about this. I've yeah. heard about this, you know, from people who knew people who were doing this. So it's it really happened. Well, and the bonuses were given out based on how many loans, not how good the loans were. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> if you can give out a bunch of bad loans, you get a better bonus. Yeah, just like you don't really care what kind of loan you give out because it was based on how many you gave out. Yeah. So just 
No wonder people who couldn't pay back the loans were getting loans. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, there is more information on Reuters and the New York Times, um, or you can receive our newsletter, and we've got three or four links here. So, <laughs> in other news. Yeah, another news. Uh, should we talk about sugary soda? I'll let you talk about obesity. <laughs> yeah. People got that joke? No. <laughs> well, they can't see me through the radio. They might not know that oh, I'm oh. on the thin side. <laughs> <Just like laughs> if they've seen me in person, though. Uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, uh, let's see. They're, they're talking about treating junk food like tobacco and putting warning labels on it and advertising bans. And some doctors think this is a good idea. Others think it is the nanny state gone mad. So what do you think? Well, it's not what I think. They've actually done a study of a 1,000 Boston teenagers. Harvard researchers found that heavy consumers of sugary stuff are aggressive. Yeah. It says that they want to smash uh, uh, 1,900 Boston teenagers. Uh, If they had five or more cans of soda per week, they're significantly more likely to engage in violent behaviors with peers and carry weapons. (laughs) Uh, The strength of the effect was on par with the correlation well-known among researchers between these behaviors and alcohol and tobacco use. I have a question. Couldn't it be the other way around, though? That kids who are, like, want to be, like, hot, you know, on the top of their game, you know, drink a lot of caffeine and sugar to just stay hopped up and, like, become aggressive. (laughs) I wonder if they've studied it the other way. Yeah. Well, that's why the word correlation here is important. It's a correlation. That doesn't prove that it causes it. It proves that they go hand in hand. Ah. Uh, and the, the correlation is strong and has been backed up by further Harvard studies of adolescent populations across the country. So uh, there, there is reason to look into it more. Uh, however, though, this does create concerns that uh, they might just be renewing the Twinkie defense. Did you ever hear about that story? <laughs> the Twinkie defense? Someone actually claiming that they... Uh, Twinkies caused them to get fat? Or? No, it caused them to get violent. Oh, really? Yeah, they... they I don't remember if they actually got off on this or not, but their defense was that they got had too many... Got off on the violence? <laughs> no, like, I got off of the charges, you know. Their defense was that, well, I ate too many Twinkies, so I was, I was, I was temporarily insane. You know, I, the sugar made me do it. Well, couldn't it be, like, if your whole lifestyle was eating Twinkies and then you couldn't find one? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I was addicted to Twinkies, man. Twinkie They're addicts. just like, no more Twinkies. Hulk smash. Speaking of addiction, let's talk about marijuana. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, alternative presidential debate. There was some information on climate, but unfortunately the news grabbed on mostly to the fact that they talked about marijuana. All four small party presidential candidates, Green, Justice, Constitution, and Libertarian, came out swinging at a nonprofit free and equal alternative presidential debate. Wasn't that on Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday, yeah. So, um, and it was in Chicago, so that was good. So, the degradation of our democracy, police, state, and climate change were bandied about with passion. Hmm. <laughs> It was an opportunity for a different conversation, but the conversation sounded rather similar to the one we're used to seeing. Angry, defensive, and not terribly specific when it comes to policy, except for marijuana. They were very specific about Uh marijuana. Yeah, they were. They were like, so. It seems like right now, politics period is about negativity. (laughs) Yeah. It's about bashing the other side and not having 
anything good to say at all. I mean, why even listen to the public debates when you're just going to be, you know, hearing bad things about the other side? You're not hearing good things about what America can do, period. And you wonder why people don't listen to debates. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yeah. It's just like... Well, it was, it was, it was interesting, too, because, like, the content was very different in the third-party debates. They, they talked about all the things that the two main parties didn't talk about. But they were still, uh, you know, sort of bickering with each other. Well, and it took them time to build up. It started, they were all, like, seemed, like, very... Civil. Like, civil-friendly, like, on the same page. But as it got more and more into the issues, they were trying to... Like the two parties do. They're trying to get votes away from the other people, so <laughs> they were they were bickering. Yeah, I just wish that, <clears throat> which I don't think this will ever happen, but that pol polit politics was more about how to make the world better instead of tearing down what the other person has done. Yeah. Whether they've done good or bad, oh. it's just all about tearing down what the other person has done instead of saying, okay, let's work together and make things better. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, it, the debate did tend to be more lively than the other debates. Of course, there was four people instead of two, so that probably helped a little bit. Yeah, that helped. <laughs> and then they actually had, in some cases, where they actually differed. You know. So, but the biggest issue I think we're talking about is the fact that there are four other parties that actually have gotten on the ballot in some cases you know in 85 percent of the states yeah and yet didn't get to actually participate in any of the major debates yeah and we call ourselves a democracy <laughs> yeah well that's why i think everyone should watch uh the the third party debates just to uh to be informed you know regardless of who you you believe you're going to vote for or have decided you're going to vote for if you watch more candidates talking about more issues that gives you uh, more to think about and more to uh, do as you try to participate in your democracy. Yeah. And democracy should be an everyday thing, not a once every four years thing. True. Just like community should be. Yeah. I mean, participate in your community. Yeah. Watch how I flip this. There's a radio station here that's part of your community. <laughs> I've heard of that. Well, what is that radio station? Oh, you could support us. Yeah. Is I it wonder WDBX? if people actually like us. I don't know. They I might. think it worked last week. A couple people called and liked us. <laughs> Although one person didn't pick up their book yet. Yeah. So I have a couple bribes. I mean, rewards <laughs> for people who um, call in and pledge. Um, one of these books is called Running the Books. And this is actually a, a really good, funny, interesting book about an accidental prison librarian. <laughs> he He got a job in a prison and he started by mistakenly helping people, but more so they helped him. Yeah. Because they were in prison and they figured out ways to survive, and he was in a prison of his, like, soul, I guess, maybe. Yeah. And the other book is called Of Parrots and People, The Funny, Often Fascinating, and Often Catastrophic Collision of Two Intelligent Species. <laughs> we, which one's more intelligent? You have to read the book. You have to read so, the book to find out. <laughs> um, give us a call. There's two books, and we'll announce we've got a few more. Um, you know, we get authors or publishers send us books and we get to read them and talk about them on the show and then give them away to our listeners. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, the number Our is, listener. Yes, our listener. <laughs> if we have any listeners out there, number is 618-457-3691. And give us a call after the show's over and we will um, 
try to give you one of these books. Yeah, and you get to be a part of the team that keeps this station on the air. Oh, yeah. It's like, I like doing this show. Been doing it since 1999. And keep up to date on the latest this, that, and the other thing. So Yeah. Here's a this, that, and the other thing. Judge bans GMOs in National Wildlife Refuge. You know what a GMO is? Yes, genetically modified organism. You'd think this was kind of, um, I don't know. I mean, a natural wildlife refuge, they're trying to keep it as natural as possible. Yeah. (laughs) So you'd think this, this was already a law. Like, you couldn't have genetically modified organism, plants, and or animals in a natural wildlife refuge. Yeah, you would think so. But anyway, <laughs> U.S. District Judge J- James Boisberg made what couldn't have been a very tough call. Until an environmental analysis is done, no one is allowed to plant genetically modified crops in national wildlife refuges. So, apparently somebody has, like, environmental groups challenged the planting of genetically modified refuges so someone actually tried to plant it um the fish and wildlife refuge violated environmental laws in allowing genetically modified crops in the agency's southeast region which encompasses 10 states so corn and soybeans were the most commonly genetically modified crops planted Mm -hmm. so I, i would think just corn and soybeans in a wildlife refuge shouldn't be allowed period huh. right i mean but yeah. now i think about it the crab orchard national wildlife refuge they plant corn for the geese so okay, there's yeah the, i wonder if that's also why they're planting it there yeah so they have a field of corn where they plant uh, i wonder if it's gmo corn i don't know <laughs> huh somebody should look into that never even thought of that never even occurred yeah why would they plant non-natural stuff yeah. in a natural wildlife refuge. Well, part of why they get, get away with it before is it doesn't say this here, but uh, the the GMO people try to argue, well, it's the same thing as just hybrids. You know, we're just taking two different species and sort of putting them together. But there's a difference between taking two strains of corn and like inter like like interbreeding them and like altering the DNA at a uh, genetic level. Uh, it's It's two very different things with very different consequences. And I'm glad that the uh, judge recognized that. Because once once we put them out there, it's hard to take them back. <laughs> That's true. Life has a way of, of going places, you know. Speaking of which, you heard of lead paint? Yeah. Apparently that has been contaminating a lot of areas. Yeah. When we first did lead paint, we didn't think anything of it. Yeah. You know, we didn't realize that it causes, you know neurological problems so if you have a garden or want to grow something get your garden soil tested for national lead poisoning prevention week apparently we have a week to stop lead poisoning so get on it you have a week to stop lead poisoning according to the centers for disease control and prevention lead-based paint and lead contaminated dust are the main sources of exposure for lead in the U.S. All kids under the age of six years old are at risk. Children living at or below the poverty level and those who live in older housing are at a great risk. So why should you, as a gardener or just as a 
fellow human being care? <laughs> yeah. So it does it, it has serious consequences. It's a. I mean, nobody should be eating lead paint, you know, but it's especially bad for children because it, stu- it stunts their development and creates a lot of problems. So it's it's good to be careful and to know uh, what's in your soil before you start uh, uh, eating lead lead paint. Houses built prior to 1978 are the most likely to contain lead-based paint. Yeah, you know, because after that they realized the danger and started cracking down. I was born in 1978, by the way. They they saw uh, tree songs coming. We better stop having the lead paint around for kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, if you are gardening in a city, you could have had accumulation of lead from lead that was in gasoline. Yeah, because they used to put lead in there. So. You know, the higher concentration of pollution in the cities, you know, caused higher concentration of lead just in the soil. And, you know, so get it tested. This is National Lead Poisoning Prevention Week. Yes. All right. Well, let's at least mention this headline here for our next news story. Teen finishes 130 square foot mortgage free home. Uh, we've talked a couple of times here about uh, tiny houses, the tiny house movements. And uh, his project was to build a tiny house on wheels that he could take away to college. And now it's complete, and we can't beam the pictures through the radio. We still haven't figured out technology for that. Uh, but it's it's got uh, uh, three-sided bay windows around his desk and hot water on demand. It's uh, it's actually like a pretty nice house. Oh yeah, it's a really nice house. Yeah, because you I mean you could build like a 130 square foot cardboard box, <laughs> you know. But this is a, a house with a lot of amenities that uh, the teenager built. Uh, you know, he built pretty much by himself. And then the trash that he had left over was literally just three trash cans. That was it, and building a whole house. Yeah. And, I mean, his whole idea was that he wouldn't have to ever, you know. Well, pay a mortgage. I yeah. Mean, part of it. And um, I'm actually working with a lady in who's do, doing this as her senior um, high school project. She's oh, okay. doing this exact thing. And she's, oh, that's cool. She's going a step further. She wants it to be an off-grid house. <laughs> yeah. So instead of having to, you know, plug in the house, which is what he has to do. Yeah. She's planning to, you know, make it completely self-contained. Yeah. So... Just a very, very interesting concept, <laughs> the tiny house project. So. Yeah. Do you think you could live in 130 square feet of house? I don't know. I live in 300 square foot, but I kind of sprawl out into the garage and the garden and all that stuff. So. All right. 15 green projects. Now we're actually down to the five green projects for under $50. This one's actually free. Clean your refrigerator coils. This is Energy Awareness Month, and you should consider going and doing an energy survey of your home to figure out what things waste energy in your home. But here's one simple thing you can do. Clean your refrigerator coils. If they're coated with dust, refrigerator coils can't transfer heat efficiently, so it actually takes more energy to cool your food get at them. They're usually found underneath the unit or at the back with a long handled brush or you can get, you know, a vacuum cleaner that has a brush on it and clean them off because you will get your refrigerator probably about 20 to 25% more efficient if you clean it off, you know, 
couple times a year. So, yeah, and energy efficiency is great because you get to consume less resources and save money at the same time. And this one doesn't cost any money to yeah. be more energy efficient. Yeah, this one's free, so this one's one of the no-brainers. So at this time of the year, it's time to go through and do, uh, you know, fall cleaning and also doing your energy survey to figure out what needs to be replaced, upgraded, fixed up for what is a more energy intensive season, usually winter. Yeah. So. Yeah. As, as you may have noticed today, if you've been outside this morning, it gets a little colder when winter starts coming. Let's, I'm going to go ahead and mention the next five projects under $50. Okay. Replacing weather stripping. Over time, the seals around windows and doors actually wear out, letting in chill winter air and prompting you to crank up the thermostat. So consider go you know, around and, I mean, especially if it's windy out, you can actually run your hands around. Um, but if you actually did an energy survey, they do smoke. So they <laughs> yeah. for smoke and they do a puffer to see. So, all right. Today is almost the end of October. Yep. Yeah, today the holidays, we can get into the holidays. It's uh, Diwali, uh, the uh, Hindu holiday is coming up. I hear they're going to be celebrating that here in town. <laughs> All right, uh, other holidays, uh, let's see. Uh, Cranky Coworkers Day is coming up on Saturday. So. Uh, well, if it's Saturday, I'm sure anybody <laughs> who's working on Saturday is going to yeah, and if you're not working, you could be cranky about your coworkers while they're not there. <laughs> it's just like, um, Sunday is Frankenstein Day, St. Jude's Day, and Statue of Liberty Day. Hmm. So, and the birthday of Jonas Salk, he created the polio vaccine. Yeah. And I heard that they've almost eliminated polio, so. Yeah, they have, and he, uh, he made it free and available to the entire world. You know, he could have tried to make a bunch of money on it, but yeah, he wanted people to get well. <laughs> yeah, they're not quite doing that with the AIDS vaccine yet. Yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I'm very proud to say that he made it and got civic organizations to sponsor it, and they're still doing it today. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right, so Monday is National Cat Day. It's also National Forgiveness Day, so when your cat uh, pees on something it's not supposed to pee on, you can forgive your cat. It's the anniversary of the Internet Oh. and Cat Day, so yeah. look at those cat videos all day on the Internet. Yeah, it's, I bet I can has cheeseburger is going to have a field day, <laughs> everyone looking at all the cats. Um, Monday is also the anniversary of the stock market crash. Uh, you mean mar stock markets can crash? Like the economy can go down? Yeah. That's uh, it's like it did it back in 1929. It's done it a few times since then, but they've kept it secret, I'm sure. Now just, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they couldn't keep that a secret, but it's gotten close a few times. Um, after the stock market crashed, the next day is <laughs> funeral day. Create a great funeral day. <laughs> yeah. It's so like planning ahead, planning ahead for your own funeral. It's also haunted refrigerator night. Ooh, spooky. Uh, Maybe I, it's time you clean that refrigerator. Yeah, <laughs> I've encountered haunted refrigerators. They make strange noises at night. I wonder it's because it's Halloween. Yes. Maybe that's why. So All Hallows Eve is on Wednesday. It's also National Knock Knock Day. Yes. So. It's also the holiday of Samhain, the harvest holiday. And trick or treat. I think my favorite trick I've seen going around the interwebs is 
You get an onion, peel it, and then you dip it in candied apple stuff and you give it to kids. <laughs> that would be a good one. A candied onion. See, that's one of those ideas. I like to come up with ideas with that, but then I don't usually have the heart to follow through on them. But that's mild enough that, you know. Right. Uh-huh. I think if you did that, you would have an onion thrown through your window. <laughs> yeah. That All would right. be funny. We better get into some community events. Happenings. So. All right. This week at Gaia House, open mic night. Tonight is October 26th. Friday, at open mic at Gaia House is now featuring a special guest each week. In honor of Samhain Halloween, this week's special guest is the Southern Illinois Pagan Alliance. If you'd like your group to be featured in the coming weeks, find a few members who want to perform at open mic and let them know that you'd like to have a week. As always, non-themed performances are welcome, too. And that's Fridays from 7 to 10 p.m. Yeah. I still got the wrong time on there. <laughs> yeah. And I like uh, I like having uh, the idea of having different guests, guests each week, guest groups, guest things. That should be good. All right, yeah. So also coming up tonight, we have Rice and Spice. And this week's theme is the Deepavali Feast. Uh Deepavali is an official holiday in India, Nepal, Sri Lanka. Uh, there's a whole list of places. It's a <laughs> holiday in a lot of places. Uh, and Diwali, which we mentioned earlier, is a contradiction of Deepavali. Uh, it translates into row of lamps. So it's a holiday that involves lighting of clay lamps. And also, uh, as you'll find out if you go to Rice and Spice, it's going to involve some feasting. So there's going to be delicious food tonight at Rice and Spice, Guy House Interfaith Center, uh, food starts at 6 p.m. Well, the, the dinner starts at 6 p.m. It's a slow foods dinner. So the whole process is coming, getting involved, and preparing the dinner, eating dinner together, uh, doing dishes together, hopefully. It's, it's a wonderful time. So a big event for me for Southern Illinois is the Sustainable Living Expo. This is um, online at slexpo.org. This is something like 80 different workshops on things to do with um, food, conservation, survival, farming, energy. Um, there will also be an artisan tent uh, showcasing local creativity, a kids area with hands-on activity. The energy wall exhibits, you can see all kinds of different ways to make your place more energy efficient. Um, over 150 available presentations and hands-on demonstrations, again, home energy, local foods, conservation, and energy, and survival. So, and did I mention energy? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Just like, um, good choices, smart living, help yourself. So, um, this is this Saturday from 9 to 4, and for more information, go to slexpo.org, and I know of at least two vans that are driving there, um, in the morning and then coming back in the afternoon if you would like to catch a ride and carpool because there's plenty of space in both these vans last time I checked. Yes. Sustainable living in southern Illinois. That's a very good thing to see. So we've got just enough time to do a little more. Uh, the Monday is the next Transportic Playground, and the theme is Halloween and Samhain. And I wanted to be sure to mention it because I'm hosting this time. So uh, Monday, 9 p.m. at Global Gourmet, uh, you can share your poetry about autumn, Halloween, Samhain, or whatever you like. They also do non-themed poetry as well. 
And then coming up on Tuesday, you may have heard about this. It's been the buzz around town. It's the Protect Illinois Against Fracking Rally. Uh, they're having the rally at 5 o'clock. They're having the rally at the Carbondale Town Square. And then at 6 p.m., they're going to the Carbondale Civic Center for a general assembly, a meeting to talk about and discuss the details of how to respond to fracking. So once again, the rally is at 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Town Square. And then at 6 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center is the meeting with presenters, discussion, uh, refreshments. It's a big, big organizing effort to do something about fracking in, in this region. Do you want to help people who don't have a coat? The community coat drive at the University Baptist Church at 700 South Oakland is going through today. It's the time of the year when the weather is changing and people need to stay warm. So um, coats will be given away on Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. For more information, 457-0323. Please bring your coat over there to help people who need coats. Yes, and one more uh, uh, Sunday, the Shawnee Group Sierra Club Trash Bash is ha happening this Sunday. They're cleaning up the uh, area at Lake Kincaid Spillway uh, Waterfall. And for more information, you can call Bob Tyson at 684-5643. It's Sunday, meeting at 1230 at the Murfreesboro Ranger Station. Well, that has been another exciting, hopefully informative, hopefully half hour of your community spirit. Hmm. Please give us a call now that we are going off the air to help support our show and the radio station. Yes, it's 618-457-3691. we got a couple books there. Oh, yeah, we've got books here, too. The uh, uh, Downsize This, uh, the Michael Moore book, Downsize This, and uh, The Quest, Energy, Security, and the Remaking of the Modern World. So if you pledge, you get a book as well from our show. Please give us a call, 618-457-3691. See you on the air next week.